Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Each week we interview our guests on how cancer has affected them and get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens during and after a cancer diagnosis. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. And me, Paige Gill. Today's guests are Nick and Angie Galarakis, co-founders of Elephants and Tea, a publication dedicated to providing support and sharing honest stories from the AYA cancer community. Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. We're so excited for our guests today. We have a duo, which is the first time on Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. And we have a Nick and Angie on. Hello, both. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Doing Very good. good. Thanks, everybody. Good. Um, awesome. Well, so Nick and Angie are both the co-founders of Elephants and Tea. Angie, you are the president founder and on the board for um, the Stephen G. AYA Cancer Research Fund. And Nick, you are the executive director. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, I got it right. Amazing. Um, so I'd love if you both can, you know, introduce yourselves and explain both what the fund does and then what Elephants and Tea does as well for the young adult cancer community. Sure. Angie, you want me to go first? Sure, go ahead. Cool. Or I should say mom. You're going to hear me call Angie mom and mom Angie several times probably throughout the, <laughs> the recording here. It just gets confusing after a while. So uh, again, I'm, I'm Nick Galarakis, co-founder of Elephants and Tea that um, my mom and I started about two years ago. It'll be two years next month, actually, when we officially launched Elephants and Tea. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. So, but, but before we get too far into Elephants and Tea, just to even take a step further back on the Stephen G. AYA Cancer Research Fund. Uh, my mom and my father, Harry, uh, founded that 10 plus years ago um, in honor of my brother, Steve, who's a four-time cancer survivor now. Uh, at the wow. time of launching Elephants and Tea, wow. he was a two-time cancer survivor. So we'll, mm. we'll, we'll dabble in that uh, slightly. But yeah. the whole purpose of the Stephen G Fund, which I'll let Angie talk about in a second, a little bit more in depth, uh, really was to raise funds specifically for cancer research in the adolescent young adult space. Mm-hmm. And and so and actually, you know, Mom, why don't you go ahead and talk about the Stephen G Fund mm-hmm. first? That kind of lays okay. the foundation, if you will, and then I'll, I'll go into elephants and tea a little bit more. All right, thanks, Nick. Um, so first of all, thanks for inviting me and uh, Nick to be here today. I really appreciate it. So I started the foundation uh, in 2009 after Stephen had a bone marrow uh, transplant from his secondary uh, acute myelogenous leukemia. The okay. transplant was successful. But at the time, you know, I was not only distressed over my son's illness, but also quite pissed off that so many young people were being diagnosed with cancer. And we lost a few friends along the way during that time period. Mm -hmm. And I found myself, when I asked the doctor, um, so now that he's had a bone marrow transplant, does that mean that he's going to be cancer free? And he said, no. And so I cried. And then I thought, okay, I need to do something positive about the fact that I am feeling completely out of my mind. So being a former college professor and understanding the need for research and what research does uh, for the treatment and cure of cancer, but also um, in in, um, helping others, I started a foundation. And I wanted to use that foundation as my as my platform for my voice so that I could say I had a foundation and that I'm trying to help 
you know, raise awareness primarily and then some money for research. So we did that and I attended conferences and got to know people throughout the country. And in the last 10 years, I've, you know, started this foundation just as a research fund program, but then started to understand uh, what was impacting survivors and what the quality of life was for cancer patients and survivors. So I started to kind of meld the uh, foundation into something that provided education and wellness uh, materials and information. So we started distributing what we call uh, Be Calm, Stay Strong wellness kits to uh, patients in treatment with an assortment of items ranging from aromatherapy to you know, reading materials to coloring to anything that relieves stress and exercise uh, uh, band, anything that has to do with health, you know, yeah. um, you know, an eye pillow for meditation, a, a battery operated candle. Yeah. So anyways, needless to say, <laughs> and a few gift cards as well. Needless to say, the response was amazing. Yeah. So that was my focus and has been my focus until Nick approached me and said, you know, I'd like to do this. And when he approached me, I said, this is the time to do it. There's nothing else like this out there. And that's where we're and at. What, yeah. And I'll, I guess I'll, I'll jump back in. And, and that's, you know, alluding to elephants in tea. My background's in content marketing and digital publications and magazines and content marketing, all that fun stuff. So we, <clears throat> The my mom invited me to go to CancerCon one year, the stupid cancer host. I don't know if right. you're, you're familiar with that. Yes, conference. I've been yeah. watching yeah. it go. Okay. Got yeah. it. <laughs> cool. Well, hopefully, whenever we're able to, you know, avoid the pandemic, we'll be yes. able to. Right. Go yes. But, exactly. Um, so, so my mom said, Hey, why don't you come check it out? You know, we're talking about doing this thing. You know, at the time, we didn't know what the hell we were going to call it. Um, mm -hmm. We just knew that we wanted to do something for survivorship. Uh, within the adolescent and young adult community because we see what mm -hmm. steve has been going through 10 years out from his bone marrow transplant his first cancer by the way was stage four osteosarcoma when he was 15. Mm -hmm. um, wow. so then he had secondary aml when he was 18 and my mom talked about it a little bit so yeah i was gonna yeah oh, go sorry. Ahead. I, was, I, was, I was just gonna ask like what did you see because Paige and i know very well like after cancer it's just a freaking disaster so I'm curious what you saw from a mother's and brother's perspective, sure. like what your what yes. he was going yeah. through. So, you know, I'll say first that it was a very, yeah. we saw two different things, I think. You right. know, my mom definitely had, Steve talked to my mom more, right, mom, mm -hmm. as far yeah. as some some certain, um, certain different issues. Go ahead, mom. So, I first of all, Stephen, you know, had chronic fatigue. He had right. intermittent chronic reactions to his bone marrow. Um, you know, okay. he, had, he had a chronic graft versus host disease that fortunately isn't as bad as many other people have. But mm -hmm. what it did do, it kind of went through his entire body, his muscle, his fascia, and impacted movement and strength. Um, wow. But with time, it passed. Um, mm -hmm. In addition to that, he also experienced PTSD because who right. Yes. right? I mean, anyone who's gone through <laughs> cancer... Oh, you know, yeah, you've got PTSD. Yeah. And, um, you know, and he has ADHD. And I have no problem saying that because it's part of who he is as a person. And it also mm -hmm. makes him a really lovable person as well, because he's really intense and emotional. And, and you know, he goes after things when he desires to do so. Mm -hmm. 
But all of those things mixed together as a survivor was wicked on him. It was really tough. And Mm -hmm. um, I think there was a period there when um, his older brothers, Nick and son Philip, uh, were feeling frustrated with him you know, as brothers would do, and I, and it's natural. And even I would just kind of sit back and wonder, but at the same time, I just felt like I have to let him be who he is because mm-hmm. he's not going to get better if I don't, you know, he yeah. has to go, yeah. he has to go on his own path. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Hope and, that answers yeah. your question. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, and for me, you know, just, and this is something that Steve and I have, we were actually keynotes at the digital cancer con this past summer. Oh, wow. um, we were supposed to be the keynotes of the in-person event. And they were kind enough to still invite us to the digital one to talk about our relationship as siblings and how it changed. And right, my mom kind right. of alluded to that. That yep. So I'm the middle child. Steve's the baby. And we have our older brother, Phil. So Phil's 37. I'm 35. Steve's now 30. And so the age difference there, we were always pounding Steve after his cancer and stuff like, you know, get your shit together type stuff. And not really mm-hmm. having a, an understanding of chemo brain and other things that go on. Yes. And so part of the eye-opening experience was when I went to CancerCon a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, two years, two, two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, and it was so eye-opening to me to sit there with 300 some other people that Steve acts the exact the same, where they act just like mm-hmm. Steve. Right. So that was kind of the eye-opener to one, that we were being too hard on Steve in certain ways. And we just needed to be a right. brother and just drink a damn beer with them Two, Yeah. The, the other thing was too, was eye opening that there's a need for a narrative for the, for mm-hmm. the young adult space. And so mm-hmm. that's really where the, the seed was planted for elephants and tea was that trip and mm-hmm. talking with people because originally, so I guess we'll kind of, you know, phase into the elephants and tea side of things now. And, the, the idea behind this was we really were going to treat this as a typical magazine with editors, with reporters um, to, to tell people's stories rather than, mm-hmm. you know, basically do, do the writing for them. And oh, we got 100% shot down with that idea that they loved the idea that we were going to create a narrative for the young adult adolescent space. Mm-hmm. But everybody said, let us tell our own stories. Don't mm-hmm. we don't want it to be sugarcoated like the media so often does, where yeah. they change the story to fit the audience and not how mm-hmm. the writer's voice should be. Yeah. So yeah. so that's why we created Elephants and Tea from the standpoint of all first person experiences. So it's uh, you know, our, our mission is it's it's written for and by the AYA cancer community. So whether it's patients, mm-hmm. survivors, caregivers, et cetera. So all of our content is first-person stories. Um, the the magazine that we do quarterly, the website that we have three new stories uh, a week. It, some mm-hmm. editors, like people in the English major world, it drives them nuts because I refuse to. <laughs> yeah. My mom chuckling because she's one of them. Um, uh, being a PhD, not not English, but definitely from a PhD standpoint, a special ed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, I don't change a lot of grammar. Uh, a lot yeah. of the time because I find that the way people write is how a lot of people yes. say Yes, mm-hmm. it so, takes away from what they're really trying to say. Right, correct. So obviously we'll, we'll correct spelling and those types of things, mm-hmm. but for the most mm-hmm. part, as long as the story is cohesive, um, that's the way we go with it. You know, a lot of people still call us a blog, which I, you know, the blog term to me kind of makes me shudder. I'm not a big fan of the, the blog name. Um mm-hmm. 
but it's really just people telling their own stories and that's what we're all about mm -hmm. and the the response we've gotten like i said we've been around for two years that next month has been unbelievable in the fact that there was nothing out there until we came along from yeah. the standpoint of giving people a voice um mm -hmm. and it's been really cool to see the amount of people that have just just want to just want to write and just want to talk yeah, about what they go share. Through. Mm -hmm. right whether it's whether it's tips for each other whether it's mm -hmm. um you know somebody just want to vent i just had somebody write about how she was divorced but she's still adopting kids she had her own kids and she's just basically raising kids is what has gotten through her cancer experience you know mm -hmm. her right. situation would be very different from one of your situations or steve's situation yeah. But, and that's the beauty of it is the fact that yeah. everybody has their own experience, if you will. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and go, that, ahead, go that, ahead. That, That's what Maddie and I talk about a lot is how uh, we were diagnosed two years ago, almost now. And yeah. at the time it felt like we had no resources to really yeah. reach out to or hearing mm -hmm. people's story. And I right. think that's what drove us to also create this podcast to get people's story out there in a verbal sense as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. And what's fascinating with the whole adolescent young adult space is so when Steve was treated the first time 15 years ago, there mm -hmm. definitely wasn't much out there. Very little. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and for yourselves two years ago, it's amazing how much has changed in two years, let alone yes. 15 years. Yeah. And yeah. the amount of things I, I we've become this really tight knit group of AYA nonprofits recently. Mm -hmm. Um and it's been really neat to see between us, Lacuna Loft, Stupid Cancer, True North Treks, Teen Cancer America, and there's so many others, Epic Experience, um, Dear Jack Foundation. But COVID's kind of forced us all to work together recently, which has been really yeah. kind of cool to see because a lot of people had in-person events, different things regionally. So it's been kind of cool to see the, the outpouring need for all these different communities across the country, let alone the world. Yeah, um, which is definitely. really cool to see. And, and, you know, it just depends on where you're at in the country, you know, about stuff or you don't, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel like now more than ever, because everyone is so especially if you're going through cancer right now, you're so siloed and like, you know, so I think that's, that's amazing that you're all working together. I'm curious, like what you're doing with these different foundations. And yeah, for sure. I, I know, Maddie, you, you're familiar with GabFest. I've talked to you mm -hmm. about a little bit before. Yeah, uh, that we're we partnered with Lacuna Loft on. And, we, and the funny thing is, uh, Mallory, the CEO over there, her and I have been talking about this before COVID even happened. Okay. <laughs> so we thought we were in the cool kids and have this awesome <laughs> crash courses. Um, and wow, did that change real quick? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. But what we decided to do was we wanted, originally wanted to be the digital event for the AYA mm. space. <laughs> but everybody's doing it now right. that's, why we're, that's why we waited till december to have it so it's the week of december 7th and what we're doing is each evening eastern time so 7 30 eastern to 10 30 eastern having crash courses each night so there's a different theme each day so people don't have to feel obligated to show up so the first right. day is talking about finding your voice so at, at the first hour is a crash course by a presenter the second hour is an interactive panel on a, on a very similar topic. And then the third hour is what we're calling GabFest After Hours, where it's just like a digital hangout where people can come together and just kind of discuss what they learned in those two, first two sessions earlier in the day. So we actually got that idea because a lot of people in our audience, we have a weekly hangout on Fridays. 
And mm-hmm. when, when CancerCon went digital because of COVID this year, mm-hmm. the, a lot of people were saying, hey, we don't have the opportunity to go grab a beer or grab a smoke or coffee or whatever with people just to decompress and talk mm-hmm. about what they just learned and how heavy some of this information really can be. Yes. So we had the idea, us and Lacuna Loft, to do this gap fest after hours where people can just kind of decompress each day after what they learned together if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, so each day, so the first day is finding your voice. The second day is self-advocacy and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the self-advocacy piece is really um, within the clinical setting. So all the panelists that we have for this are either social workers or people within the medical community that are also survivors as well. Oh, that's um, so important. So every yeah. single episode we have, every person we talk to, we always talk about self-advocacy. Right. Yeah, yeah, very important. Uh, and yeah. that's kind of the, the theme for the week is finding your voice, empowering to mm. find your voice. Um, mm-hmm. Wednesday is going to be mental health and mindful, m- mental health and mindfulness. Uh, and then Thursday is going to be actually three tracks, which is sexual health and relationships, metastatic cancers. Uh, and, and then the third is caregivers, which Angie mm-hmm. will be on the, one of the panels for that. So they'll, those will be going simultaneously. And then Friday is your body and cancer. Um, so just how the, the body changes. We have our first presenter that day doing a crash course. He's a testicular cancer survivor. And mm-hmm. the second presenter, uh, cervical cancer survivor. Okay. Uh, her name's Tamika Felder. Probably one of the bigger names in the young adult cancer space when it comes to presenting, which is really cool. So anyway, so that's, that's awesome. one example of something that we're doing. Other smaller things are Angie does her meditation class. Um, she's certified oh. yoga mm-hmm. instructor. I think I said that right. Mom. Yeah, I'm a yoga for cancer uh, teacher. I was trained uh, oh, in New York. Yeah, so yeah. yoga for cancer. And, and what would you say is different with yoga for cancer versus yoga? What's what's different about it? What's different about it is that first of all, everyone has a different situation going into a yoga class, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are a yoga, if you are a cancer patient. Um, and the class is designed for uh, people who are survivors or current uh, patients, they can uh, go up, feel comfortable enough to speak to the teacher and let them know what their needs are. In addition, Mm -hmm. when you design the session, you design it in a way that you start with the, um, I won't call it the easiest, but um, the methods and the movements are more simplistic in nature and less Mm -hmm. stressful on the body. If you have people, for example, uh, breast cancer survivors, you know, the limitations in movement, especially if they're in the process Mm -hmm. of healing, you know, you have to be mindful of that. If someone's had brain surgery, you're not going to ask them to do a downward dog. Yes. So, um, you know, those are the kinds of things. So, but at the same time, if you have a class with um, a variety of cancers, you have to be able to have props available to them and instruct them that these props are here for this, that, and the other, use them as you wish and allow the student then to decide what mm. works best for them. Right. So, and then of course, you know, be available either before or after to talk about uh, possible alternatives to the movements that they're currently doing. So it's, you know, it, it's logical. It's a logical yeah. process, yeah. but the beauty of it is that, um, the Yoga for Cancer program uh, was started by Tari Prinster, and she's like a, a former dancer, and she lives in New York City, and she's been a yogi mm-hmm. for many years, and she's a breast cancer survivor. 
Uh, And she's the one that started this uh, program. So yeah, it's that's uh, incredible. Yeah, Yeah. thanks. It's there are a couple other programs out there I know, and now we also have Mm -hmm. yoga therapists and people like that. So the good that's a good news, you know. Yeah, uh, the people that desire to participate in yoga classes. And right now, is it virtual? Oh, sorry, Maddie. No, go for it. Yeah, I was going to ask that actually too. If it's virtual and you're doing classes still. Yeah, so I don't teach the classes. I do the meditation sessions. I um, invite oh, the students. Yeah, I, I invite the students to um, do some, you know, some movements just to kind of relax the body. So that was, you know, what I wanted to say after I talked about Steve was that in addition to the whole, you know, not in addition, but as part of the wellness experience, mm-hmm. I got trained as a yoga for cancer teacher, and then I went and got trained as an integrative restorative yoga nidra meditation teacher because that training the 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 yoga nidra style was designed for the military and so it's more secular in nature Mm -hmm. um and also it's for people with ptsd Mm. so and and are you doing the meditation virtually right now i'm asking for personal also absolutely Yes. Inquiries. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so Angie, go ahead, son. So Angie's next session is, and I'll send you the link to page. But the the next session for Angie's is going to be this Sunday, actually. That we do them. We're doing them Sundays. Every other Sunday, four classes. So basically, an eight week time span. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's at six thirty Eastern on Sundays. We just have found that that's a good time to do it. Um, Perfect. And. We're, yeah, so the, so we are. This is going to be the second of the four. So we did one on November eighth, November twenty second, which is this Sunday. Skip a week, then December sixth. Skip a week, then December twentieth, and then we take a break right at the holidays there. Um, and then we plan on doing this at least once a quarter, where Angie leads this four part series. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, meditation. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Well, I think I'm gonna try and make the Sunday one. That is I so hope cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's incredible. Because that's just been a big topic, actually, in my household. Uh, Mm -hmm. As you said, Angie, the PTSD aspect of it, I think that um, even two years out, you still, you know, suffer with uh, trying to understand the whole thing that just happened to you. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. uh, meditation is something that my mom's been pushing and pushing. And for some (laughs) reason, I've been resisting it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Like, I'll do it. I'll do it. But I've just been pushing it off for so long. And she is kind of at the point where she's like, you just have to listen to me now. If I can just give you a little tidbit, it's so meditation, the process of meditation is what it instructs you on how to let go of those things that are, you know, taking up your time and energy mentally and emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, and allowing yourself to let go of them and, and give yourself a chance. Okay, mm-hmm. just a chance so that hopefully you have some biological impacts that improve, you know, your body feels Mm -hmm. better, your stomach doesn't feel as tight, your jaw doesn't hurt as much. And when people do it on a regular basis, it starts to become second nature. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes something where you're in a situation and you say, oh, I don't really have to react to this right now. I can just sit back and breathe. 
Right. I love that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the opportunities with that. Thank you for, you know, planting it in my head a little bit more too today. <laughs> it is for some, I don't know why, for some reason, it's hard to get started with meditation. It is. But it makes such a difference once mm-hmm. you start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yoga really, that's, during treatment is when I kind of like found yoga and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, it helps so much. So, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the mind body app, I don't know if you guys have a mind body. I mean, Mm -hmm. mind body is all over the country. So um, I've just been exploring virtual classes and I Mm -hmm. found a couple that I like for my needs, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I do a yin class on Monday nights and, you know, slow flow on another night. And, and that way it keeps me in tune. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how you came up with the name Elephants and Tea. <laughs> yes. So the funny thing is we were ready to launch Elephants and Tea before we had the name. It okay. was probably the most difficult thing I, it, we had to do. Uh, uh, not even close. <laughs> so we actually decided to do a contest. I think it was mm. just something like, I think it was 99 Designs or one of those mm-hmm. websites. Um, where we said this is what we wanted to do. We need some help with the name and the logo. And, you know, they then, then the, they just put it out as a contest, basically. And so mm-hmm. we probably got 50-plus uh, names, and we jumped over elephants and tea immediately when it was first sent to us. We're like, mm, what does that do with cancer? And right. then the person submitted the tagline to us that cancer is the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about, and tea mm-hmm. is the relief that conversation can provide. And it was just kind of like, yep, okay, got it. That, that yeah, was, click. Um, oh, so that was, you know, it was it was pretty awesome. And it's fascinating because most people look at our name and they're like, what the hell does this even mean? Right. But then when we say that, they're like, oh, like, oh. It makes right so much up. sense. Right? Yeah. Like, like, both I of your reactions is like, oh, yeah, right? So, so and like cool. we're doing right here, we're having conversations. So here's the tea side of and right. you know, my, my brother yeah. Steve, we have our own video cast as well that we call oh, Spilling cool. Tea with the G's. Um, and <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's hilarious. We joke that we're two thirds of the G brothers. Um, <laughs> our older brother is just not as involved and that's okay. But uh, yeah, so that's where we came up with the name, you know, as much as we want to take credit for it, um, you know, <laughs> it was a contest because we just couldn't figure it out. And one of the cool things I'll, I'll add to it as well, that we've heard from a lot of social workers, that mm-hmm. people that are inpatient, the people that are in the hospital, the patients that are in, in treatment, they love the fact that the magazine doesn't say cancer on it. Like the name, yeah. like, it, yeah, it's right. in the tagline, so but it, it, it like looks, it looks trendy, right? And that's kind of right. what we wanted to go with. So it, it just all kind of worked out that way. That, that is actually so cool, Nick. I did not even think about that part of it too. The label of it coming across without cancer is not so intense. It is trendy. Mm-hmm. I like that. It is so yeah. trendy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's cool, right? And I think that cool. the amount of and we didn't want to look like your your typical cancer pamphlet or informational. Right. right? You know, yeah. And there's other cancer magazines out there that when you look at them, you know that it's a cancer magazine too. Yeah. And we wanted yeah. to get away from that. Um, yeah. It's easy so, not to roll your eyes. Like, oh my God, not another yeah. one. Yeah. That's how we felt like about our podcast obviously says cancer in it, but like we want it to be light and like 
funny and even though we're talking about serious stuff we don't want it to be like mm-hmm. sad every episode you know so no. that's what we yeah. aimed for with the f word <laughs> yeah. I think cancer deserves an F word, don't you? Exactly. You know, cancer brings out the F word in me, you know. You know, yeah, yeah. So I love that. And I love the elephant in the room because people get so awkward when you talk about cancer when it's yeah. like, it just, oh, yeah. you know, it's so many you know, it, it's whether the, how many people that you, I'm sure both of you know, whether it was friends or family, as soon as they hear that name, that just the term cancer yeah. that word, it's yeah. like they immediately try to change the subject or whatever. The yeah. Case. Mm-hmm. They so, don't know yeah. how to react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, oh, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. Go for it. Man. <laughs> sorry. I just forgot my question in the middle of us fighting over who gets to ask. <laughs> this happens all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just curious too, from like, cause we've never, I don't think we've had yet, um, like family members of mm-hmm. people that went through cancer. So like, I'm sure you both had different, you know, experiences when he was actually diagnosed and all of that, but I'm curious, like Angie and Nick, how both of you kind of dealt with it. Um, cause you've done such good things on the other side of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was teaching full time at Cleveland state university as a professor mm-hmm. And it was spring break and Mm. my son was diagnosed. Okay. Wow. So my four students came back to another professor. So just, you know, so that's that part. And, you know, a couple of my distant relatives asked me, why are you quitting? You know, and I just said, there's, there's no question in my mind as to what I need to do right now. And he was 15 at the time. It wasn't like he was 25 or 30. Yeah. He was 15. He was just a kid. So, um, you know, so we stepped in and my husband and I are, um, we work very well together and we, Mm -hmm. you know, we tag teamed, we tag teamed, we took turns staying in the hospital with him. We knew he was going to have surgery. He was going to have radiation, you know, the whole gamut of things. And Mm -hmm. um, the type of cancer we had required him to be in the hospital for a few days at a time during each treatment. And then it would be two weeks off, you know, so we lived in the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. I am a half full person instead of a half empty. Is that the right expression? Yeah. So um, if there's one thing I learned in life, it's like take every day as it comes and don't Mm -hmm. think about the future. And so that's basically what I did. You know, I would get up in the morning and say, what do we need to do today? What do I need Mm -hmm. to do to keep my son going, period? Mm -hmm. And so that was it. And I pretty much let him lead the uh the tone of the day and most of it was you know him sleeping but you know Mm -hmm. I was just happy sitting back and reading or you know yeah 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 and so for me it was all about him and it really nothing else mattered quite frankly and the, the good news is from a parent perspective is that both Phil and Nick were in college so I didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about going home to little kids where other right. mothers have that dilemma and it's mm-hmm. horrible, you know, um, and very stressful. So um, those guys did a great job of, um, of bringing up their end of the deal as brothers and as siblings. And I felt certainly came through uh, beyond the call of duty, you know, mm-hmm. so we're a tight knit group. 
and yeah. uh, we just got tighter. That's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. right. And actually, it might have even worked out better that the other two were at college, so you could <laughs> solely focus on him. I, I just say that because I know when I was diagnosed, my little sister was still in the house, and mm -hmm. it affected her a lot with you know the whole attention side of things yeah, too. Yeah. And on a humorous note, if I may, Nick, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I remember my husband, I don't even know what we bought him. Was it a PlayStation, Nick? It was something. Sorry. And I remember the older brothers going, why is he getting that? And my husband responded, can I say the F word here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because you had fucking cancer. That's why. <laughs> and so the poor kids were like, Oh, okay, never mind. You know, right. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm gonna throw that one on Phil. I don't think I said that. Okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the, I mean, uh, that's the kind of emotions though that were going on right. inside of us. You know, we had the outside, we were like, we're doing it, we're okay. On the yeah. inside, you know, dropping anti anxiety meds and, and trying yeah, to right. so Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta do yeah. 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 And and if I heard it clearly, you guys started um the magazine two years ago. Was that correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Oh wow. So how's it been going in terms of like getting it out there and getting it popular? I mean, has it been tough with COVID right now, or has that, like you said, kind of brought things together in a weird way? Yeah. So uh, honest so originally the first year of its existence so the magazine's quarterly and the idea was it's it is free it's always going to be free for people that want it so individual subscribers can subscribe to it and we had an awesome break we wanted to get it to hospitals too and maybe send you know mm -hmm. them in bulk to hospitals and i don't know if either of you are familiar with true north treks and they're one of their their founder mm -hmm. uh, david victor sims who's also a professor at Northwestern University for AYA, cancer patients in psychosocial areas. And um, long story short, I think my mom knew him or Steve knew him. Someone in said, hey, you got to talk to David. Um, and he sent an email out to, I don't even know how many hospitals at the time. And he just, it was just like, boom, it just blew up. And wow. we went, we got, we were within 25, 30 hospitals with one email. Oh my wow. God. Um, That's amazing. What is his foundation? Uh, what True is... North Treks. So they're yeah. an outdoor adventure group. Um, nonprofit oh, that's outdoor so adventure. cool. Yeah. So um, you should interview them. Yes. 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 We yeah. always I love to. Yeah. David, I'm happy to interview you, David. He is like, he's Mr. Zen. Like you can just listen to him talk and talk all day. Oh my um, gosh, yeah, please make the intro. Yeah, he, <laughs> and he's actually leading our crash course on mindfulness during GapFest. Oh, um, amazing. Okay, cool. So so uh, that, that just kind of just opened the doors up from, from that point out. Yeah. So right now we're in about 57 hospitals and organizations across the country. Mm. Um, as f so everything was going great. COVID happened, as, as you mentioned, Paige. Um, June we had to, we didn't print the magazine in June. Um, mm -hmm. so the magazine comes out March, June, September, December. And we couldn't do June because pretty much all of the hospitals basically said, we can't take anything right now. So we got to hold off. Um, so we said, yep, no problem. Like we'll, we'll back off. And we just did the digital version. So mm -hmm. now this past September though, we reprinted it. 
um, we didn't reprint, we printed the September issue, I should say, which I have right here. And so only a couple of hospitals aren't taking any magazines right now. So here's like, hey, I know everyone, oh, everyone so cool. podcast, I can show you Maddie and Paige, but yeah, very uh, cool cover here. So oh, I love that. give yourself some credit, body image and self-esteem. But um, anyways, so the, from the print side of things, yeah, we had to slow down slightly, but I'm sure that'll, that'll pick back up. We'll have no problem going forward. COVID for us from supporting people has kind of been a blessing in disguise, kind of, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. from the standpoint of we already were moving to more of a digital presence to begin with. Like I said, we also have our website where we have three new stories. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just starting to do more digital type hangouts. And we've been able to reach way more people because of COVID. Right, right. Um, our December magazine that's coming out in a couple of weeks, one of the cover stories is an individual. She wrote about how she was stuck in this community where she was by far the youngest one being treated at her hospital, mm. the youngest one in the support group. And because of COVID, she was able to find all these different digital groups, wow. one of which was us. Yes. So it's been, I think I mentioned before, I think it's been a, you know, silver linings trying to hit the positives out of COVID, right? We all know the negatives, but yep. you know, this a serious positive was people were able to find us and kind of force them to find us and other groups as well. There's so many other groups we, we you know, we take some herd, right? So, so it's been neat yes. and we were, we had no problem with getting content in to begin with, with COVID yeah. it's been just flowing in. I mean, we're scheduling to February next year. Wow. Um, oh my website. God. We're That's amazing. Yeah, so I, uh, my my board is gonna laugh when they see how big our December magazine is because I couldn't say no to certain people. Uh, it's it's gonna be the biggest one we've done yet. So, so yeah, it's you know COVID sucks clearly, mm-hmm. but but there's definitely been some good from it for sure. Yeah, right. And and what is the layout of the magazine? I know that each one is probably really different, but is there a certain layout that you kind of follow through each time? Yeah. You know, for the most part, it's funny because again, I don't tend to do things traditionally and our designer is like, oh, we should have specific categories in each one and this and that. Mm -hmm. I've I've kind of thrown that out the window. Um, And we we really just, we, we try to do a theme for each one. Is really what okay. we try to do. So our June one is usually about survivorship because that's survivorship month. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we change it up. March was talking about the cover story was being in the bubble and how at the time bubble, right? When you're going through yeah. treatment, everything goes forward, you're just stuck. So we had mm. stories on that. Um, the September one here was all about um, self-esteem, body image, really just kind of reflecting on mindfulness and wellness was really the, mm-hmm. the whole aspect there last december we did nothing but letters to cancer so it was called our dear cancer issue which was by far the most impactful i think that we've heard from people which we might read through next year in a different way Um, but this december one with everything going on in the world um Mm. we we decided to do pretty much like taboo topics and finding your hurt so this this issue we have three we have three stories as the cover story because I, I was just like nope we're gonna put them together yeah. talking about how each of these individuals found their path found their herd if you will mm-hmm. um but then we also have 
topics that need to be talked about more, racial disparities. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a Q&A done by a professor named Christabel Chung at the University of Maryland interviewing three Black Indigenous people of color, uh, people with cancer, excuse me, which was awesome. We have a couple of people from the LGBTQ community talk about what they go through as well. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's really important, the need to include everybody. And that was our, our big goal with this one was we need to include genders, races, mm -hmm. everybody. And that's really what we focused on for this December issue. Great. Yeah. And and so when you have that theme for each each magazine, do you then have all this? Do you have a bunch of stories then that um, pertain to that? So it's kind of yeah. like a journal that that all kind of follow this one theme. Yeah, great. That's a great way to put it is, okay. you know, this this content, it's not it's not news, right? Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. something that somebody can pick up two years from now and all these stories are relevant. Right. I think that's a great way to look at it is that it's really become a, a tool of stories. Mm -hmm. And also in the back of it, too, is the uh, all of our different resources as well of different organizations that are out there. Oh, great. Um, you know, and, and that's that's super important, too, because we're finding that social workers at hospitals when they get these in bulk, it's really helped them start conversations with people to let mm. them know what else is out there without having to like have, you know, you guys have been through it, right? Where all the pamphlets right. and everything else, yeah. you're able just to give them the magazine. And so not only are yeah, they being so stories, right? But they're <laughs> able to also see like everything else that's going on in there. Um, right. So, you know, that's, that's something that we really pride ourselves on too, is making sure that we do have up-to-date information of, of what's out there. Um, and by, which by the way, we did add your podcast to that list too. So um, thank you so much. Yay, so thank you. You're welcome. You're part of the resources. I feel official. <laughs> official. Yeah, link, logo, description, everything. So wow, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. I think that's so helpful because, like, before, um, yeah, again, like we always talk about it. Just before we were even in this community, like we were cancer survivors, but we weren't like in the cancer community. And it's mm -hmm. such a tight knit community. It's amazing. And there's so many resources like um, Paige and I had a couple uh, girls on that were childhood cancer survivors. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about um, Camp uh, Periwinkle. I don't know if you've yes. heard of that. No, I haven't. So it it's a, where's it located? It's, in, Tex in Texas, right, Paige? Uh, I believe so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in Texas. And it's a free camp for any childhood cancer survivor or patient, they can go mm -hmm. and just be at camp and like feel like a normal kid for a week or a mm -hmm. few days. And mm -hmm. the doctors are the counselors. And like, yeah. it was, it's just so cool. There's so many cool resources that I don't think so, like a lot of people just don't know about. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. And that's, you know, I give my mom a lot of credit. That's one of our mottos is that we need to work well with everybody. And mm -hmm. the, we don't care really don't care who who gets what credit and, mm -hmm. and who does what. We just want people to know what's out there. Right. Yeah. And that is really something that I've noticed in the nonprofit space when we started through the nonprofit space. And, uh, you know, we were actually a for-profit entity, Elephants and Tea was its first year of existence. And we made the switch to nonprofit January 1st this year. Okay. And in doing that, you know, I, I laugh because I always thought that nonprofits were going to play well together and they didn't. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was really just kind of 
telling people like, hey, we need to put our egos aside and whatever is mm-hmm. the survivor, that's what we need to do, period. Mm-hmm. So, yes. and, and you've heard me say, I think already, but it takes a herd. And mm-hmm. we, elephants and tea can't support all cancer patients and survivors yeah. and their caregivers. So we need to lean on each other that's out there in the community to do right by them. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of our, 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 our unofficial slogan, if you will, I think mm-hmm. of just making sure that everybody works together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I think everyone does go in on doing these organizations with the intent of helping cancer survivors. But you're right, the more and more you get along with doing it, you want to be like the number one, but it's not why you started it at the beginning at all. Right. And and let's face it, the people that you're serving don't care. Yeah, true. No. They do not care. <laughs> they're like, I'm dealing with PTSD. I'm dealing yeah. with this. Yeah, they're not even thinking about it. They're really glad that you're there, but right. and that's about it, you know. So you have to just put your ego aside. And I realize there's also monetary issues, you know, involved, you know, mm-hmm. budgets and whatnot. But um, you know, if you're doing this for the money, then you're in the wrong profession. So yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any more uh, questions, Maddie? I was just going to ask also, I was curious, with these stories, are they anonymous or are the names kind of like written at the bottom? Names are all there at the top. So, okay. And and for as well on the website, if if anyone goes to elephantsandtea.com, you'll see that when you click on any of the stories, for the most part, they'll also say what type of cancer they either have or mm-hmm. have. If they're a patient, if they're a survivor, if they're a thriver, if they're a caregiver, however they want to be designated, this way mm-hmm. it's helpful for other people that might be in the same boat. Like if right. someone's had Hodgkin's lymphoma, they can they can do like a search and see other Hodgkin's lymphoma mm-hmm. and stuff like right. that. So so yeah, so it's it's and if people do want to be anonymous, no page, totally cool with that. You know, right. that is that's important you know we don't ever want anyone to feel uncomfortable that they have to disclose that so we definitely have people that have said i'm anonymous you know i don't want my name out there and that's totally fine okay cool um and if people like want to you know i know you're booked but if people want to write for elephants and tea or get involved in any way how can they yeah so easiest way is just to email me directly nick at elephantsandtea.com Okay. And then even too, right on our website, people can submit ideas for stories or other suggestions. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a submission page on our website. Um, but again, I'm I try to be pretty responsive. Um, and just because we're booked a couple months out, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't deter that from people from reaching out to us for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. We're still trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do with the March issue. So um, yeah, no, people can just email me directly. That's that's probably the easiest thing to do. Awesome. Right. Okay, great. And then, um, yeah, are there any, I know there's Gab Fest, any other events people should be aware of, like virtual events people should be aware of, or anything with the Stephen GAA Research Fund oh, that people yeah. can get involved with? We don't have any events. Um, we are helping uh, with a research project. Nick, did you want to talk about okay. that at all? Uh, I just which, think it's kind of cool. Wow. I'm not going to go into the details. I'm just going to say that one of the things that we're recently involved in is mm-hmm. in the collecting of data of uh, sarcoma cancer cells in Israel. Oh. So oh. we're participating as one of the funders of this study. Um, mm-hmm. We're not a large 
contributor, but we are a contributor. And I, I like saying those things publicly because not so that we can get credit, but to create awareness that, you know, this is around the world. And, right. you know, when um, universities and hospitals work together, it benefits the patients. And when we can get the word out there that this is going on, then it also benefits the patients as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So that we're super pumped about that. The, the other thing I just want to mention too, we do a weekly hangout on Fridays at 530 mm-hmm. Eastern. So that's, that's open to anyone in the AY community that wants to come and just, just hang cool. out with other people who are going through it. So, I love that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's something. Yeah. And we honestly started at the beginning of COVID just to be like a check-in with people to see how they're mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. And it turned into this like cool little subgroup <laughs> of the <laughs> that is AYA. Um, we've, we get 15 to 25 people every week and most oh, so of them cool. are, are there all the time. And now this little group goes from elephants and tea hangouts to stupid cancer hangouts to Lakuna loft hangouts. Uh, oh, so, the same. Yeah. yeah. So they just kind of bounce around together, but then they're constantly pulling new people in, which is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's become a really tight knit group, which has been really awesome to see. And, and yeah. that's the beauty of the virtual events too. Right. These people are all we're all over the country, you know. I mean right. You can do this anywhere. Yeah, you can make so many more connections. Yeah. 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 Literally. And she is in the closet, by the I'm way. That's why she's saying that. Oh, well, it's a very nice It's a big closet. Big storage spaces that I pushed everything to the back of the room and put oh. some of my arts and crafts in here and hung some lights. I have to decorate it a little that. better. It looks so but, nice. And yeah, thanks. Yeah, well, I did the meditation. I sit here and, you know, oh, talk. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like a perfect meditation spot. It is. It well, thank you guys so much for joining us. This was so informative and we're so excited. I want to read the magazine too. the issue, the next issue that comes out. I would love to read it and be in touch with you guys um, as you continue this journey. Yeah, it's amazing. Sounds yeah. good. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Really appreciate yeah. it. Nice meeting you. Thank you. Nice, nice meeting you both. You. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast that tells the truth about what people with cancer actually go through. Each week, myself, Paige Gill, and my co-host, Madison Pollock, sit down with fellow cancer survivors to tell our stories. Keep up to date with our guests and new episodes on our Facebook and Instagram pages, Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast, and tune in every Monday to hear our stories. 